0: right. uh, get your Bibles out and we're gonna look real quick at the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Chapter eight, verse 16. When evening came Many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word. That's, That's like a good model for deliverance, right? One word, and you're okay. And he healed some of the sick. All of them. He healed all the sick. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, he took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. This is a NIV version. Uh, anybody have like King James, old King James? any what does yours say? Bore our, sickness. Bore our sickness? Okay Anybody else have anything else a little different than that? Right, okay. What version is that? The third-grade version, all right. I like the third-grade version. This is, um, I know it seems simple. I know it seems like what, okay, so he bore our sickness, he bore our diseases. Uh, Something happened in our Protestant tradition that was a reaction against superstition, and there was, a, there was a little bit of a false interpretation as you saw right there. But thank God for godly scholars who, who, look a, who did, they good, they took a good hard look at the Hebrew and the Greek and they said, no, this says that Jesus bore our sicknesses and our infirmities. Our, the actual literal translation of infirmities is diseases. And so when we take communion, we, we, you know I think we're gonna do communion tonight, so join us tonight. When we, when we receive the elements, we all know about the blood. The, blood was, the shedding of the blood was for the forgiveness of our sins. And the broken body was for our provision. But what the Word of God says, and we, I don't think we spend enough time on the body, what the Word of God says about Jesus' body is that it bore all of our sicknesses, all of our diseases. That word disease also comes across as pain. How many people have got some pain in your body today, right? Do you know that that pain that you're feeling in your body uh, went to the cross with Jesus when he died? That disease, that cancer, that tumor, like it got nailed to the cross. Now here's the thing that is so difficult for us to get is that God is a good God and he wants to heal. Maybe that's not your experience, but I want to encourage you. Look, let's push into these things. Let's shift our attention to it. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, Pastor, what, you know, healing, really? That's what they do on TV, right? That's what the faith healers do on TV. That's what the tent revivalists do. And it's almost, and I think that this is, a, we missed it as the church. We missed it completely. I, there's just like this, this idea, this philosophy that, that healing is peripheral to the gospel. And I'm telling you, It's not physical healing, this spiritual gift of healing is not peripheral, it's not something that happens every once in a while, it is, in my opinion, central to the good news of Jesus Christ. It's central to the gospel message. In this series that we're doing on the charismata, the charismatic gifts, the, the, this you know, as we're looking into these gifts that given us, this is, this is the, our, our philosophy of this church is that these gifts are given to the church and good healthy churches release these spiritual gifts to the body so that you can be successful, so that you can be prosperous, so that you can help others, so that you can be empowered. I believe that all of the gifts are for today. And you make, like, well, which ones do I have? Like, you know, again, that's a really complicated thing. We can give you a test. Well, we have a 301 class, and we can give you like this personality test, like you know the spiritual version of Myers-Briggs, right? We can even tell you what your spirit animal is. I'm, <laughs> Thank you, Marina. Marina's like, no. <laughs> see, you see, you got to pay attention, right? You never know when I'm going to slip in some heresy. You got to be on your guard here. Thank you, Marina. Like, no. <laughs> spirit animal. All right. <laughs> Check your aura at the door. Okay. Um, we're the, the church is to function in these spiritual gifts, and one of the strategies the enemy did, uh, probably around the Reformation. Reformation was an amazing thing, uh, but what the enemy did is he stripped them out of the church, and he weakened the church. And God is restoring the gifts of the Spirit to the church. Which ones do you have? I don't know. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit that resides inside of you, right? At the point of your salvation, if you're not saved, come see me later. We'll take care of that. At the point of your salvation, you receive the Holy Spirit inside of you. it lives inside of you. How many spiritual gifts does the Holy Spirit have inside of him? All of them, and the fullness of all of them. So you have the fullness of all of the spiritual gifts residing deep down inside of you. You get to unpackage them all. Isn't that kind of cool? Now, and I'm not saying that you're, you have specific personalities. God's designed you a certain way, so some of them might be better than others. Some of them just might come naturally, but I just think that—I think everybody can, can uh, hear from God. I think everybody can, can function in the spiritual gift of healing. I think everyone has the ability to discern what is, what is a good spirit and what's an evil spirit. I'm not, not, I'm not talking about your boss, right? I think everybody has the ability to function in the prophetic, meaning trying to, okay, what is God's purpose? What is God saying? What's God's will? We all have, we all have these, these things. I believe that healing, again, is central, and in my opinion, I mean, there's probably theologians that disagree, I think that this one might be the best gift. Wait a minute, Pastor Josh, in in 1 Corinthians it says that uh, eagerly desire all the spiritual gifts, specifically prophecy, especially prophecy, I thought that's the best gift. I'm not, maybe, but if you have the flu, healing's a really good gift to go after, right? (laughs) If you can't get out of bed, healing's like, a, like that's like, you can, I want why not shift them around a little bit? I need that one right now. But healing, there's something, maybe it's just because it's so special in my heart, because God's healed me over and over again. And I've seen him work in our church, and, and I've seen documented miracles over and over again. And I just like it. I can't help myself. I just like his physical healing. But you see, I, I think it's probably one of the, the most special spiritual gifts is because this is the one that Jesus used the most to display his glory, and this is the one that is most intimate and most tangible, right? So if you get a if you get a word from God, it's ethereal, it's in the air. It might be feel like you're like you're guessing: is that me? Is that God? Is that the devil? What what is this my imagination? And so, but there's no, nothing tangible. But when God gets you out of a wheelchair, that's tangible, right? That one is like wait 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 wait. That doesn't make sense. This is outside of my reality. This is this doesn't just happen every day, and and it could. Like, what did we just read? Jesus healed them all. Over and over and over again, Jesus goes into towns and he heals them all. Now, there are parts in the gospel where Jesus only healed a few. Do you want to know why he only healed a few? It's because it was their lack of faith. So let me just talk to you briefly about a couple of things that hinder physical healing. Uh, Actually, I think one of them is, one big one is our Western culture, Right? I'm not bashing it. I like Western culture, but Western rational culture says that these things don't take place anymore, and that seeped into the church as well. We know that there are more documented miracles today than ever before in history. Unfortunately, most of them don't happen inside of America because we have an amazing healthcare system. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have an amazingly expensive healthcare system. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen, all right? <laughs> I got some good news for you. If the healthcare system fails, we got Jesus. But we see amazing miracles. Which if, you go with, if you go with kid care, you're going to see amazing miracles because the ones that are in a desperate state that don't have a state to fall back on for their health, that they're crying out for God. So there is something about the desperation of the heart that, that attracts the, the kindness of God and the goodness of God. But there's two other things that, like as Americans, as, as we, you know, as our rest, Western rational mind, a couple of things that I wanna look at. One thing that hinders healing in our lives is uh, a, a Christian moral approach. Like God is not the God, he's not gonna play games with you. And if we, we need to be good, right? We all know this, we, we, we need to behave ourselves as Christians. Um, but if we begin to take on a religious spirit that says, you know what, God, I was really good this week, therefore you owe me my healing. Uh, that, that isn't going to work. I, I know from personal experience. <laughs> like, all right, okay? Um, you know, God, I, I, my, my, Sunday, my, my Sunday school attendance is awesome. My, my giving, I'm tithing. Um, you know, I even serve the poor. So therefore, God, you owe me. It doesn't apply just to healing, but we begin to think in these ways as a Christian, and it's very dangerous because God doesn't really owe you anything. <laughs> like, we owe him everything. And so that's one little thing that I, I want to put into your mind. We can talk and teach on it a little bit more, but I want you to just be aware as we begin to grow and to m- begin to mature, you have to watch out for the religious spirit that says, God, you owe me. That's a controlling spirit. Likewise, the secular spirit that says, you know what? Uh, I don't believe any of this stuff. It's all superstition. It's all placebo. It's all fake. It's all snake oil. Uh, that attitude is just as dangerous. That, c- that c- cynicism and that skeptical belief is just as dangerous because it says, I don't need God to figure out things. I, I can be the God of my own life. So those are the two things that I just want us to be aware of. See, the cynical spirit can creep into the best of believers. The cynical spirit will say, you know, maybe miracles are real, but don't get your hopes up. Huh? cynical spirit will say, you know, maybe God healed 2,000 years ago, but that is not for today. So let's just not even go there, because if you go there, you might get disappointed. Have you ever had? Have you ever been prayed for, or have you ever asked God for something and you you pleaded and you petitioned and you begged and you cried out, and God didn't answer your prayer? Do you ever get this one? And what happened? It's it's a natural it's a natural response when disappointment begins to set in but you just can't let the disappointment seep into bitterness or animosity towards the Lord. The, when we get disappointed in things of the Spirit, our, our natural, we, we begin to build a theology. Okay, in the Bible, Jesus healed everybody, but you know what, Pastor Josh certainly can't. And it's true, I can't, <laughs> right? This is the thing we gotta get as the church. Like, we don't do anything. We let, we let God do everything. When we begin to get disappointed and let that fester, it says to our souls, you know what, if you, dis- if you get your hopes up, you're just gonna get disappointed again. It's kinda like dating, right? <laughs> Remember when you were trying to date? You know, don't, don't put yourself out there, you're just gonna get your heart broken again, right? So the same type of thing goes along when we, when we need a miracle in our life and we choose not to petition and we choose not to pray. Now, like, one of the things that we know about God is he's sovereign. He does whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And, and that's, that's completely okay. And that's what we have to, you know, like, you could be, like, again, you could be the perfect little Christian and God could decide not to heal you. It doesn't make sense. I, I know. I, I should, I wish God would let me be God and I would tell him how the right way to do things. Um... But if we position our hearts to say, okay, God, I, I don't know, but I'm going to choose to be obedient and I'm going to choose to be faithful. And are you ready for this? I'm going to, I'm going to choose to continue to have hope for my healing. You know, the, the, the fancy evangelist, the faith healer, the tent revival guy, he didn't heal me. But maybe the next one will. Or maybe the little lady down the street that I know is a Christian, maybe she'll pray for me and I'll be healed. Maybe it won't be this week. Maybe I'll actually get healed in five years from now and I'll have a testimony. Do you see? I, wanna, I don't want to die in doubt. Right? I don't want to live in a constant state of cynicism because I didn't get my prayers answered. I choose to live in hope. I'm going to continue to get my hopes up. Now listen to this verse, and then we're going to wrap it up. This is Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. Oh, wait a minute. That's not right. It's right, but go ahead and turn to Mark 10. I just cut it, I just cut it off too soon. God's making me open my Bible up. All right, 46. Yeah, here we go. Okay, then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and the disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting on the roadside begging. When, they, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. See, there's this desperation in him. There's this like, I want it. I want to be healed. There's not like, you know what, if it's God's will, he'll heal me. I'm pretty sure I know what God's will is. Right? Do we know what God's will is? He wants us healed. He wants you well. So we don't even really need to ask what God's will is. We could ask what God's timing is. That's completely okay to ask. He began to shout, Jesus... Son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. And he shouted all the more. So they're rebuking him. There's like, who are the many? I think part of the many might have been some of Jesus' own disciples. Like, shh, be quiet, dude. Don't get your hopes up. Like we just left that other town and Jesus only healed a few. And chances are you're not one of them. Right? So they don't get your hopes up. Stop, be quiet. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So there was something about this guy's response that said, you know what, I, 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 I see that there's faith in this man. So they called to the blind man. Now, I think the disciples changed their attitude because they saw Jesus was going for it. And they say to the blind man, cheer up, get on your feet. He is calling you. Okay, and I talked about this a few weeks ago. Throwing off his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. Okay, so what? He threw off his cloak. Uh, basically, he threw off his welfare check. Because in order for you to legally beg on the street, you had to have a beggar's cloak. So before the guy was actually healed, he cast aside the very thing that was financially supporting him. This is crazy. It is that type of leap. It's that type of, of a, a step of faith that, that, that gets God's attention. What does Jesus say? <laughs> what do you want me to do for you? Jesus answered, asked. That's always fun when God asks, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want, God? Right? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. His faith healed him. We're gonna be talking about the gift of faith next week, but I just wanna encourage you. Like God's a God of miracles. I, I don't wanna, like I, I get under, I understand disappointment, I understand failure, I understand when, when, you, when you're pleading God you don't get the healing or the breakthrough that you want, but I wanna encourage you, live in hope, don't give up. Don't, don't, don't just abandon your miracle. Look, like, you get to choose who you worship. I, I choose to worship a God that's powerful. I choose to worship a God that answers my prayers. I choose to worship a God that listens. And you ready for this? I choose to worship a God that will heal my physical body. I don't want to worship a God that doesn't. I don't want to worship a God that's not powerful. I don't want to worship a God that doesn't give us spiritual gifts for the advancement of the kingdom, for the advancement of our lives so that we could live life to the fullest. I don't want to serve a God like that. I want to serve a powerful God. And I don't want to live a life of cynicism and a lack of hope. I want to die in hope, whether my my healing is complete or not. Let me give you a little testimony. Uh, Michael Jones, come on up. Michael Jones is going to give you a testimony, because you've heard all my healing stories, and you're probably sick of them by now. How you
1: guys doing? Any uh, praying parents out there? Cool. This is going to relate to you. All right, so... uh, Third grade, uh, I was really active, played a lot of sports, and I went to my mom and I complained and said, Mom, my leg's hurting, and uh, usually at that age, what do parents always then say to your kids if your leg is hurting? Must be growing pains, right? Or you got hurt playing sports. Uh, kind of got started a little worse. Um, third grade, sitting in those chairs, I would sit down and I would immediately, after a while, stand up and I'd start doing my work standing up, teacher would be like, sit down. I'd sit down, then pain get back up. It was so much so that that happened that the teacher actually recommended me for special ed because I just wouldn't follow directions. Um, so, but my mom thought like, no, oh, there's gotta be something more to this. Um, and I said, yeah, it's just my hip, my leg, it's just, it's hurting. And so uh, we went to doctors, doctors recommended chiropractors, went to chiropractors all that summer. Still didn't get any better, it was getting worse and worse and worse. Um, fourth grade came around and we finally went to a doctor, like all the way out in Corona and said, you know, we're going to do this like test. It was, I, I always forget what it, I don't know if it's called an MRI, but it's the one where you go in that tube, you got to stay really still. Okay. So I did that and uh, came back with results that weren't good. Um, now, mind you, I'm always fuzzy. I was telling Pastor Josh, like, I'm fuzzy at what was happening because again, I'm a fourth grade student and my, it's my parents that were dealing with this. So... They uh, was, wasn't very good. And then they are going to do all these surgeries. Uh, so over the course of fourth grade, um, I didn't participate in any sports. And I had all these surgeries where I was had to be on crutches. I guess they were bone biopsies. And uh, I had like three or four of them. One of them I wasn't asleep. I was awake for. And that was horrible. Yeah, very horrible. Um, that was the first one. So So I was on crutches, laying in bed, I missed a lot of school. And again, I lost the one thing that I loved, sports, couldn't play any sports. Um, but you, I see my parents getting more and more you know, upset. And so my dad, God bless my dad, he's, he's a handyman by trade, he's a machinist by trade, but he was like a wizard with his hands. He could fix anything, right, with his hands. Until it got to the one thing that he couldn't fix, which was his son. And to this day, I think if you go to my house to this day, you will see our mailbox all dented up because my dad, out of fear of losing his son, went out and punched it one night. I always thought it was just some hooligans that <laughs> hit, our, hit our mailbox, but my dad was scared, didn't know what to do, because the results came back that I did have a tumor. And so that put my mom, and really my mom was already in action before that. My mom, was praying for me like crazy, like she would take me to these weird, (laughs) she would hear like, okay, so like in this church, there's healing going on, and I'd go there. Um, In this apartment, uh, there's something going on in this apartment that was where these people were praying and healing, healings were going on, I'd go there. And it was all these praying, praying. I, I can remember I have these visions of waking up in the middle of the night and just my mom praying over me and I'd wake up, i like, mom, what are you doing? She goes, no, don't worry about it, mijo, go back to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And just praying. And so what I get from this is that after the work that she was putting in, right, the praying, the constant praying, constant praying, there were times where there was conversations with doctors and I'd see her crying. So she was getting worse news, worse news, worse news. Despite the prayers that she was giving, she kept getting worse news that didn't stop her she kept praying and again dragging me to weird things as a fourth, fourth grader I thought they were weird um but just wouldn't stop until one day I'm sitting in class and my mom came in and again this was after like my fifth surgery uh she came in and she was crying and she says you're gonna be fine like she got the news like it was just gone tumor's gone it wasn't no lingering no nothing the doctors were like it's just it's just gone like, they went in again and just disappeared, right? Teachers were coming in. Again, I'm a fourth grade. I really didn't know what was going on. And, and I, I said, Mom, so I can play sports again? She goes, yes, honey, you're going to be fine. Like, I can remember the look on her face. I, as a parent now, I'm like, the burden she must have had. But I, I just want to encourage you as parents, and I know that parents, parents pray for their kids. But when you're a parent and you're praying for your kid, and your news is getting worse and worse and worse, keep pushing. Don't stop fighting because I, I don't think I'd be here if it wasn't for my mom pushing through and, and asking for that miracle and getting that miracle for me. So, again, I'm kind of fuzzy. I always look at that as it wasn't really my miracle, even though it happened to me. It was my mom's miracle because um, I'm always fuzzy on the details on, on what was going on, but it was crazy. But, but praise God. Praise God. God definitely definitely heals. So, Thank you.
0: All right, you know there, there's power in the testimony. I don't know if you felt it coming off of Michael when he was giving his testimony. He releases power in the room, and that is definitely a power story. He's our youth pastor, by the way. Could you imagine if Mom wasn't praying for him? You probably wouldn't have a youth pastor, Michael Jones. I'm gonna get the band to come on up to the front and the ushers, and we have a. I'm gonna have a special person pray us out. Marlene, come on up, honey. As we're, as we're wrapping up, one more thought. I want, I want to get it into your head that the gospel and physical healing go hand in hand. That the, healing is, that the gospel is, is manifested, the kingdom of heaven is manifested through healing, and specifically the healing of bodies. Uh, we're not going to have time to pray for healing after the service, but I want to encourage you to come tonight, we're going to go after healing in a big way so I'm sorry I have to kick you out and uh, and uh, you can come next service, I'll probably go after healing next service but come tonight and uh, we'll just let God heal us let's just see what happens let's just pray a broken prayer and uh, have God do all the miracles Marlene, go ahead and close this out in prayer and uh, God bless you guys as you give back to the Lord Greek. As you leave tonight, this morning, tonight, when you come, remember what you've heard this morning. That our God is a God of miracles and he's a God who wants you to keep hoping, keep praying, keep believing. Never, never let him go because there are miracles happening all over the world. There are some happening now in England, are some happening here because our God is a good, good God. So take us from here and help us not to lose the words we've heard this morning, but draw, drive them down into our hearts that we may live as God's hopeful, faithful, believing people. Amen.